Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show, season two, episode nine. This is the Super Bowl edition. We cannot wait to bring you tonight's episode. Uh, My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, Alex, it's just me and you. We've got a couple of troops down, um, hearing some missed messages coming through from the crew. I think everyone's still sort of trying to... I guess, figure out their their chicken wing recipe. Uh, Preparations are in full swing for Super Bowl party, so we'll give them a bit of a waiver tonight. But uh, how are you feeling, Alex? It's, uh, I mean, this is is why we're here, you know? We're we're finally here. This is the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think they're all too nervous to actually make a pick on who would win the Super Bowl. I mean, granted, fair, right? Like, I mean, this season has been really fun to watch. The playoffs have been absolutely exceptional. I've, like, to... For multiple games to come down to a field goal, I think it just shows that the right teams made the playoffs because it was just so much fun to watch. And now we get to watch two teams in the Super Bowl who I think are going to put on one heck of a show. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different. And, uh, you know, obviously there's been so many sort of powerhouse teams that have sort of dominated uh, in this arena for many, many years. This year it's going to be completely different. And, Alex, let's jump into our listener questions this week. And the question is... What's our favorite Super Bowl of all time? Um, kick us off here. Super Bowl 47 for me, um, known as the Blackout Bowl. Um, I think it was one of the fir- like the first Super Bowl that they did at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. Um, it took them a couple of years to build it back up, and, and since they used it as kind of a safe haven then, it was their first Super Bowl back there. And obviously Beyonce was a halftime show. She came out, used way too many pyrotechnics, and just blew a few somewhere. The whole stadium goes dark. The Ravens, you know, I think the 49ers were up at that point, and the Ravens come back to win it 34-31, giving their 49ers the first Super Bowl loss because they were 5-0 and before that. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I remember that one myself. It was, um, yeah, what, what a what a performance there from the Ravens. Look, for myself, obviously I can't go past the Patriots at Landon Super Bowl. Uh, if you have been living under a rock, it definitely goes down as one of the most amazing uh, performances, certainly by the GOAT. And, it, you know, it's got a bit of an uh, extra meaning now as you reflect on it, obviously with Tom Brady retiring. But Special mention goes to one of the, uh, I guess, one of the more horrific uh, Super Bowls that I experienced, and that was the uh, the New England Patriots Rams Super Bowl. Alex, I think you remember this one as well. It was a punish. So, um, a thirteen to three victory. I was in Europe. Uh, time zones were all over the place. I found a bar uh, in a European country. Stayed up to watch it, and it was uh, it, it was it was difficult watching. But as a Patriots supporter, we got the win, and I guess that's all that matters. Defense won the night, but uh, something tells me this year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Six, will not be won by the defense. I think we're going to see some. Uh, I think we're going to see some fireworks in this one. All right, let's jump into our first segment for tonight: the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like sh- through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alex, this is the big one. 30 other NFL teams would love to be sitting in the position of the Cincinnati Bengals 
and the LA Rams. Just let's just quickly reflect on the two teams uh, that have obviously made it. Let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals. Alex, no one saw this coming. I think they were paying 150 to one uh, to sort of be in this game. Talk to us a little bit about Cincinnati because this is this is some story. Yeah, definitely. I think. I definitely didn't see this coming into the season. Um, I think especially, you know, after the Bears kind of gave them a little bit of a thump in as far as their defense went, you kind of thought, all right, they'll kind of – they'll get through. I always thought they were going to be one of those teams that were going to have to, like, be sitting on that bubble. They were going to have to wait for, like, four other teams to win or tie or do whatever, and they didn't. For some reason, they just peaked at the right time. They went 10-7, and seven, AFC North. But, I mean, you got to talk about, like, the pathway that they took to get there. Right. Like they against the Raiders beat them. Then they play number one seed Titans. Right. Everyone's going, oh, well, Titans are number one. They can easily take them out. No way. Bengals walked through that one too. Chiefs to win that one. What was it? An overtime. Right. Yeah. That was an overtime game to come out and win that one and stop the Chiefs who went in overtime previously at the Chiefs as well. I mean, talk about a, you know, they haven't had the easiest road to the Super Bowl, but yet they've come out on top out of all the other teams. It's just so different. I mean, this is the, the, the you know, they're, they're promoting it as the biggest year of NFL ever, and that's because we had the additional game this this year. And, you know, traditionally when we get to the Super Bowl, you know, you're looking at a team that's probably dropped one, two games, probably three games at the worst historically. But, you know, Alex, this is a football team that lost the game to the New York Jets. Now, <laughs> obviously, a lot of our listeners, avid NFL fans, um, you know, they, they certainly don't need to be told about the New York Jets in terms of their franchise. But it goes to your point that this team hasn't had it all their own way and there are deficiencies within this team. So I guess before we pick out all of the great things that they do, uh, talk to me about some of your concerns um, when it comes to this particular roster and, and maybe a bit of a reason as to why we've seen, you know, a few inconsistent performances from the side. I think one thing that's going to be a big issue for them, and I think something that's been a big issue kind of last year in this season is that O-line in front of Burroughs. Um, you know, he's been not great under pressure and definitely not great under the blitz. Jonah Williams, you know, has allowed most pressures um, on the team from that line. Um, they've allowed one sack and four quarterback hits in their game against the Chiefs. You know, so I guess for me, if I was Joe Burrows, who hasn't been great out of pressure, I think most of his interceptions that he's thrown in the last couple of games have come out when he's, you know, been under pressure as a quarterback. Um, so that would be my big concern for them, especially with the three-headed monster that is the LA Rams, you know, front five. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's I think it's got to be called out, and and obviously for for our listeners who have. You know, uh, I, I guess listen to previous episodes. It, it's been the big theme of um, of what we've sort of spoken about is that is that offensive line, and you know, you just hope that that one particular group can get it together for one more game because if they can hold strong, Alex, this isn't as big of an underdog as I guess what everyone's saying. I mean, the reality is, no one's giving Cincinnati a chance, and I think I've said that sentence a few times throughout the playoffs. Um, but yeah, no one's giving Cincinnati a, a chance. But if we start now to look at some other groups across the roster, I mean, there is so much talent here. I, I do want to give, you know, before we obviously get on to the offensive side of the ball where the Bengals have obviously made all of their money this year, let's start with the defensive side of the ball because it's been impressive. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the secondary in a minute, but let's just talk about the pass rush, a few key players. Sam Hubbard comes to mind, but um, take it away because this defense, it, it, it's been sort of, you know, one of the more underrated stories of the year. 
It definitely has. And for a t- uh, a defense, sorry, a team's defense, what I was trying to say, ended up being one word, um, they don't blitz that often. In fact, when they do kind of sit and, you know, sometimes they only have three men on the pass rush, but yet they were still able to get to, the, to Mahomes when they were playing the Chiefs with three that are kind of rushing. So I think that, you know, is kind of maybe a strong suit in their pass rush defense. Um, Eli Apple is another name that I think we've got to mention as well as far as our defense goes. Trey Hendrickson as well, as well as you said. Sorry to cut you off. Um, just quickly on Trey, I, I just he, he was pretty badly injured at the end of that last game. But one of the, one of the good things about sort of this NFL Super Bowl window is they get that extra week of rest. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, that he's probably going to come into this one healthy? And that's a huge advantage for the Bengals because if you think about some of their big play, defensive players, you hit it, Sam Hubbard, Trey was unbelievable throughout the playoffs. I just wonder whether that extra week's rest, you know, it, it could be the difference in, you know, him sort of getting a sack or not against Matt Stafford. Yeah, definitely. And, and you're right. I, he was injured in that last game. Um, and I think this extra week is definitely going to be beneficial for any kind of knocks and niggles. Cause I think the Bengals took a, quite a few um, hits as, as did the Rams. Um, but yeah, I think if, if they can get Trey Hendrickson back in there, you know, even if he's 50% healthy, like he's still going to make it, make an impact, I think. But I think my one concern with their defense as positive as it has been is the red zone. They're 19th as far as their red zone. Um, red zone touchdowns allowed. So they have had two takeaways in the last three games. So I don't know for a defense that has great moments, they can also be really flat sometimes as well. And, you know, the reality is, is like a lot of the team, it's because it's been patched together. You know, the Bengals should not be here. This is two years ahead of schedule. And you look at this defense and there are a lot of castaway players from a lot of franchises, you know, players who, you know, we're drafted high, you know, a lot of talent, but it's sort of been let go. You know, I'm thinking of, you know, players like Eli Apple, which you spoke about before, but there there are players, I was about to say kids, but they're older than that. There, there are sort of players who have, you know, yes, they were young in their last franchise, things didn't work out, but they, they, they've come to the Bengals, they're making plays. Um, you know, Jesse Bates, that, that play in overtime against the Chiefs, I mean, if we could... You know, if you could bottle that, and, and if there's a few more special moments out of this defense, it's going to make it's going to make the difference. Because I, I guess Alex, you get the feeling that you know there's going to be no problems on offense. When, you know, when you talk about both sides of the football, but if the Bengals' defense can just make a couple of plays, it could be the difference. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think we saw that in the Chiefs. It's kind of that momentum swing um, when there is that momentum swing, and the Bengals really step up and make that like last that big play. And they did that in the first half against the chiefs where they were able to stop, stop. I think it was Tyreek Hill on, on the out route where they were able to just stop him right before the line and get him down. I think that's going to be a key to their success. If they can get those momentum swings in their favor. Yeah. And the other thing we wanted to cover Alex before I know everyone's waiting for the discussion around these QBs and, uh, and that, that side, but you know, if we move over to the offensive side, uh, one particular player and one particular area that we did want to focus in on is the running game. And Alex, you got to give this side credit. They're playing physical, you know, they're playing hard and that's probably not something, you know, the Bengals, um, have done lately, but in their history, you think about some of the historic matches against the Steelers, they've always had a bit of a hard edge to them, but you know, they're, they're really, you know, running it back with that physical style. Talk to us a little bit about Joe Mixon because running the running the ball in the Super Bowl, I mean, it, it, I, there's nothing more important when it comes to offensive football in the biggest game. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think Joe Mixon, right, with 12, like over 1,200 yards for the season, um, he's going to be kind of a key guy. Like, I think in the in the postseason, he hasn't gotten a lot of yards, but he's gotten key yards when, like, when it's needed. And I think if you're, you know, third and short or you're second and short or whatever it is, I wouldn't – if I was the Rams, and even though they've got a good defense on the rush, and Joe Mixon was only really gaining about four yards in the postseason for his run, his four yards were impactful yards, and they were getting them in scoring positions, whether it was field goal or was getting them that first down. So I think as far as a run game, and if I was the Bengals, and you need someone to get you those short yardage, it's going to be Joe – I'm going to be looking at Joe Mixon. So, Alex, I, I guess as fans of the Bears and the Patriots, and I, I guess, you know, there, there's 30, 30 teams that didn't make this game. You know, you think about some of the holes in our rosters, you know, and I guess that's one of the things that's most impressive about the Bengals on offense. They do nearly everything well, and that just takes so much pressure off the quarterback. They run the ball effectively. And let's jump over to the receiving core. Now, we're going to save Jamar Chase because I want to have an in-depth discussion about him later on, but... I guess the key point is this team is more than Jamar Chase on offense when it comes to receiving. Talk to us about the value of having a, a number two wide receiver, a number three wide receiver that's able to produce. Yeah, and you, you're right. Like having T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd who can step up and make catches when need be. Like T. Higgins had over a thousand receiving yards for the season as well. But I think what's interesting too is is we saw that in kind of the last postseason games. And again, we're not going to talk too much about Jamar Chase. But he was quiet when you look at the Chiefs game and you look at the Titans game. So I think with that, you know, if Jamar Chase goes quiet, you know, when you look at some teams, you go, okay, well, our number one receiver, we don't have them. What do we do? Whereas the Bengals, I think, have a luxury here where they go, okay, you're going to take away Jamar Chase? That's fine. We're going to go to, you know, T. Higgins or we're going to go to Tyler Boyd because there's no way you can take away – that's, all three of them without having one open. Exactly right. Like, I, I think it's going to be so fascinating, and we're going to pick it up pretty early, is who will Jalen Ramsey cover? You know, that's going to be so fascinating. And, uh, you know, obviously the mind games are continuing already in the lead-up to the game, but something we'll have to wait and see. All right, Alex, let's talk about this QB because... He's special. Um, Obviously, for for fans that haven't had a chance to catch the last episode, please go back and do that. We did a massive feature on Joe Burrow. But, Alex, you've got to give it to Joe. He he is unbelievable. And I guess the question I've got for you is, what does it mean if he wins? If Joe Burrow wins this football game, where does that put him in terms of quarterbacks? I mean, are we... (laughs) Are we looking at the best quarterback in the game? I mean, is is it as easy as that? I mean, he's a massive underdog. He just seems to you know, love being this underdog and, and, and I guess upsetting the favorites, but yeah. Where does it place Joe Burrow if he wins his Super Bowl? I, I, I think, you know, like one of the best quarterbacks maybe a bit, bit early. It's one of those, you know, two early predictions right there. But I think what's great about Joe Burrow is his ability to just see the field sometimes, but I also think it's his relationship with his receivers. It's his relationship with his offense. And you see that on the sideline. You see that in, in the way that he interacts with his O-line and the way that he interacts with his with his receivers. You know, when he gets time to be able to pass the ball, you know, when he's mic'd up and you can hear him, he's going to his O-line being like, guys, I appreciate the time you gave me in the pocket. Like, he's just someone that I feel like he has players around him that are 
that want to go to bat for him. And I think that's huge. And that's a testament to how he leads as a quarterback. So I think that just maturity alone and just his second year, and especially his second year back from an injury, because, you know, at the top of the season, we were going, what's he going to be like? He could either fall or he could rise. And he's risen pretty damn high. Yeah, we, we haven't really seen this before. So, I mean, if Joe Burrow, if he does it, it's going to it's gonna start a debate because, um, yeah, he has an impeccable CV, that's for sure. All right, Alex, let's jump over to the other side, to the LA Rams. And you talk about opposing franchises, Cincinnati Bengals, you know, that they've obviously been, I guess, a bit of a, a cheaper organization. Um, you flip it over to this Hollywood team, you know, SoFi Stadium, you know, it, it, it's a completely different franchise. Let's talk about these heavy favorites because, you know, from all reports, LA, they've just got to turn up and, and they'll, they'll you know, they'll win this game quite easily. I don't think it's kind of going to go that way, but uh, let's talk through it. Um, Alex, let's start with the defense. Talk to us a little bit about it. They've got a very, very different strategy, LA Rams, in terms of team building. Uh, team building. Um, they don't like their draft picks and they're all in on the veterans. They definitely are. And I think this is a team that you look at some of the signings I've had through this season in Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. And I think that has been key for them because as soon as those two guys came into the franchise, something just like went boom, right? I think Aaron Donald had some pressure taken off him as a defensive player with Von Miller in the mix because that is a vet and that is a solid defensive guy to have on your team. Um, but yeah, as far as the Rams defense, 50 sacks, you know, their third as far third in the league was sacks with 50, you know, their 11th in the blitz, you know, that is just anytime you see them line up, like for some reason, when you watch their game, you can go, okay, they're going to get that quarterback. Like there's just something in the way Aaron Donald lines up on the line. There's something in the way Von Miller lines up with where you're kind of watching them going, that line's not going to stop them. They're going to hit that quarterback straight off the bat. And Alex, there's so much coaching in this defense as well because, you know, obviously they've foregone their draft picks and they bring in these veteran players. It costs them a fortune. They've got to fill out the roster with, with you know, other Jimmys and Joes. And, you know, these are not big, high-profile players. Yes, they have Jalen Ramsey. Yes, they have Aaron Donald. Yes, they have Von Miller. But they kind of just pack out the rest of the defense and they just play at such a high level. You just wonder if you were to place them on another team, whether they would be able to kind of perform. It's just, you know, and, and you've, you've also got to, you know, respect the, uh, I guess, the leadership and the impact that guys like Aaron Donald are having on these players because um, as a unit, I, I just feel like they're, they're playing well above, um, yeah, well, well above their skill set, that's for sure. Um, Alex, I, I guess, you know, it gets a little bit of a tired, it's become a bit of a tired narrative just how good Aaron Donald is, but... Again, if we just strip it back and, and give the guy his credit, this is a guy who's creating so much press, pressure from the interior. This is different. This is not like he's coming off the edge. What Aaron Donald is doing, we're witnessing history. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he's had 12.5 sacks in the season. And he is just someone that, you know, he's just a beast. He just – he he just – like anytime he's on the field, you just know that like, it's not, fair. I don't know. If I'm, it's not, it's just not fair for any quarterback. It's not fair for any O-line. Right. But also like, you got to look at just the Rams defense as a whole. 
And again, like I said, Von Miller coming in has been huge because I think Aaron Donald can kind of do his thing and Von Miller can do his thing, right? And they can kind of use that together and have like a two-headed monster coming right at you, which is just for any quarterback would be absolutely scary. Like Von Miller's had seven sacks in seven games, but also they've only allowed 2.5 yards per carry in the postseason as far as the run game's concerned. So these guys are not being held back by any O-line in the postseason. Two more defensive players that I want to quickly touch on, and they have very different stories. Uh, Jalen Ramsey and Eric Weddle. Let's start with Eric. 37 years of age, sitting on his couch. Uh, the secondary gets absolutely decimated with injuries. He gets a call. Uh, he probably thinks it's a, it's a pizza delivery. Uh, Alex, this is an incredible story. The guy gets off his couch, you know, just wanders into practice, uh, performs in the playoffs, and... Now he's a, he's a key part of what could be a Super Bowl victory. I mean, obviously, Eric, he's got a well-established career, but it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. And it's such a great story, I think, too. You know, it, it's like, well, just don't give up because you never know when you might need to come back in and play and, and be that star. And I think he has just – and again – another late addition in the season for the team that have been hit with, you know, injuries. And it's really been a huge benefit for him. He's made a huge impact on the defense. And that's why, you know, they're getting, where is it? One takeaway in the last 10 games. Like, I mean, this is a, I don't know how you like beat the defense. Even he's confused in the media. I I think he's still looking forward to the pepperoni pizzas he'll be having uh, in retirement. So he'll be having some Super Bowl party if they get the victory. And then Alex, the last player on the defensive side before we move to offense is Jalen Ramsey. Again, um, you know, they, they, these names, everyone knows they're high-quality players, but we do have to stop, pause, and give them credit because there are a lot of high-quality players in the NFL, but we're not seeing them. We're not seeing that sort of contribute to the team being successful or getting them to the Super Bowl. When you think about Jalen Ramsey, watching him play, I, I think he could be one of the, the game's best wide receivers if he just randomly jumped over to the other side of the ball, Give you know, such as his athleticism. Talk to us about Jalen. He talks a he talks a lot of smack, but he can certainly back it up. Yeah, he definitely can. But I think he's such an again, he's another entertaining player to watch, right? And you just love those matchups between Jalen Ramsey and kind of you know a- any kind of you know tough receiver, whether it's Tyreek Hill, because they really shut him down. You know, I'll be interesting to see him against Jamar Chase um, and, and what that looks like. So, I, I yeah, I just think he's someone that's just really, really fun to watch. Four interceptions in the season, you know. So, he – I think if the defense – if anybody's going to win, right, Jalen Ramsey is going to be the person to make the big kind of I, play, I, I, I agree, think. I agree with you. I, I think it's I think it's a, it's a an underrated um, side of this Super Bowl. Keep a very close eye on Jalen Ramsey. Who are they going to pair him up against? And, uh, you know, if he's able to win that battle, it, it could well decide it. All right, Alex, we picked on the Bengals' offensive line. That was definitely their deficiency. You know, you talk, you, you look at sort of all the media coverage again. The LA Rams, they're just supposed to walk in and get this done at home. But they have their own deficiency. And I, d- I don't know if you agree, but for me, it's their running game. And, and it's very, it's a little bit of a concern when you're heading into the Super Bowl. Talk to us a little bit about Cam Akers and historic recovery four months off the Achilles. It's unbelievable. I don't know how he's returned to play football. Uh, Sony Michelle, we've seen what he, his sort of struggles and what he's been able to do for the New England Patriots. 
it's just not quite working at the moment. Talk to us a little bit about it because, again, this is something that isn't getting spoken about. Yeah, it's hard too because I think Robert Robert Woods was out a lot for the season as well with injury, and I think he was kind of a big rusher that they were depending on. Again, Sonny Michelle has done well. Um, Daryl Henderson has had a pretty good rush game as well for the LA Rams. But you're right, Cam Akers, you know, and I think – that's been a hard thing for them when they've had so many injuries in that position. I don't think they want to utilize it as much because I think they don't want to then get all their other running backs injured. So they're just kind of, I think they're using it sparingly, but I think they're just using it when they absolutely have to. Um, because when you do look at them, you look at the LA Rams, they are a heavy receiving team. And I think they've got receivers that are just way more consistent than their running backs. But I think they utilize their running backs a little bit more in their receiving game anyway. So, I mean, it, they don't seem to be super bothered by it, but I feel like if you've got to get those short yards and your men covered down the field, what are you going to do? They just cannot convert on, on, on third down. For, you know, when they've gone fourth and short as well, uh, you know, obviously Sean McVay's trying to be bold. He's trying to be brave. He's actually a very conservative coach. Um, you know, unlike, you know, again, what a lot of the media sort of builds him up to be, he does get a little bit tight and conservative. And not having a running game in such a stressful situation, again, something to keep an eye on. They cannot run the football. They can get them in third and long, can definitely, you know, get them into trouble when they're trying to get one or two yards on third down as well if we flip that over. So, um, yeah, another interesting one to watch. All right, Alex, now let's talk about one of their strengths, and that is their receiving call. Again, we'll hold back Cooper Cup because we're going to focus in on his historic season shortly. But, again, it's a similar – it's quite a similar narrative to the Bengals in a way. You know, they don't just have – some guy from 7-Eleven uh, backing up Cooper Cup. They've got a couple of um, talented players and uh, someone who's a little bit of a high-profile uh, name that people should be pretty familiar with. Yeah, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. Like, talk about finding your system, right? Because he did well at the Giants. He was a big player at the Giants. He had those big plays. And when we all talk about the one-handed Odell Beckham Jr. catch that now has become, you know, a big thing for receivers everywhere. They're like, okay, well now I've got to be the one to make the one handed catch. So, you know, that's, that's kind of his legacy there. But I think, you know, coming from the Browns to LA, he's definitely Matt Stafford's third down throw guy. Like when you look at the field, like if he's looking, if it's third down and they're throwing the ball, you know, he's looking for Odo Beckham Jr. For, for whatever reason, I think that's been really good for OBJ's kind of confidence. His relationship with Matt Stafford has been really, really good because you weren't sure what he was going to come in and do. And he's been a key offensive player and receiver for the LA Rams. But you put him in the likes of Tyler Higby, who's also been good for them um, as far as the past couple of games. Robert Woods has also been good. Van Jefferson has also been good. You look at Daryl Henderson, who's also, you know, kind of had some good yardage. But I think, you know, if if they do take out Cooper Cup, You've got other, you know, receivers in your repertoire. So, again, like you said, like the Bengals. So, it's hard to stop. If you stop one, you've got two or three, you know, other players that you got to, you know, focus on. All right. Let's move now to the quarterback, uh, Matt Stafford. Alex, I guess, you know, it's all about pressure, pressure, pressure. And and I think, you know, Matt's sort of taken a little bit of pressure off himself by actually getting here. You know, if he had a... I guess an early failure in the playoffs, that would have been, I guess, a little bit challenging for him. By making the Super Bowl in his first year in the Rams, that's obviously a success story. But, you know, I guess something that I've been thinking about when it comes to the LA Rams is they do not want to miss this opportunity. I guess one of the things that's kind of a bit 
uh, misunderstood is that it's, you know, when you sort of build a quality team, if you don't win, if it doesn't quite happen for you, you're just going to be there next year. I think Sean McVay, I think the LA Rams realise that they've got to deliver. They're heavy favourites, but they have to win this football game because, you know, Alex, you look at this football team, Von Miller, you know, he's not getting any younger. Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle, he's 41. Um great player and Matt Stafford's not getting any younger as well. Talk to us a little bit about Matt and how's he feeling? Pressure. It's got to be a lot. And, and you know, obviously blockbuster trade, but it was totally worth it. Definitely was worth it for the Rams. Um, again, like I said, right player, right system. You put people around him who can catch a ball. And it's amazing to see how a quarterback can go when you give him receivers that, you know, can catch, right? Makes makes him look really good because when you think about Stafford, you don't really think, you know, yes, he's good and yes, he has his moments, but, you know, you don't really put him in the category of Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers or even Tom Brady for that matter, you know, um, because when you do see him play, you there are moments where you go, what, what were you doing? Like, like, and he has that. He's not great when he's trying to throw deep. I think that's been a really big issue for him as far as the postseason. He does get picked off quite a bit. Um, I do think one thing he's really developed is his ability to move out of the pocket as far as pressure allowed on him. Um, but I think either it, it's come from maturity or whatever it is, but he got hit nine times in the game, in the previous game against the 49ers. Um, so, and he was still able to throw for 337 yards and two touchdowns. Yes, he had an interception, but, you know, he's he's still getting hit and he's still putting up the numbers that he needs to and getting the ball down the field. So clearly his mental game is like top of the peak, super strong or needs to be, because if you're getting hit time and time after again, as a quarterback, you just go, well, why bother like even doing, throwing the ball and moving out of the pocket, but he doesn't seem to be having that problem. And I think that mental toughness is what's going to edge him out over Joe Burrows. It's hard not to like the guy too. I mean, he absolutely suffered in Detroit. Uh, You know, he had a little bit of talent there, but guys, it's Detroit, you know, no no one, uh, I I think it's, I think it's safe to say uh, it's pretty impossible to be successful there. So definitely deserves this one. All right, Alex, we can't sit on the fence. We've got to predict this one. Again, you've you've got a, you've got a heavy favorite who's playing at home, coming up against a team that shouldn't be here probably two years away from sort of building a roster to be absolutely elite. Unbelievable how they've got here, but uh, it just doesn't feel that easy. It doesn't feel like this is going to be a blowout. Um, What's your thoughts? Yeah, no, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be, be going to be a great game. And I got to give props to special teams for both teams because the kicker in, in Matt Gay for the Rams and McPherson for the Bengals have been exceptional as far as postseason goes. So, I mean, across the board, when you look at their positions between quarterback, O-line, running back, wide receiver, kicker, D-line, line, like all the positions, right, you could easily – they're so equally matched, it's hard to pick. I think the key after watching a couple kind of breakdowns They mentioned that the key to winning this will be quarterback pressure. And I think that the Rams will be able to get to borrows way more than probably the Bengals are able to get to Stafford. And I think that's going to become an issue for Joe Burrows, who really struggles under the pressure. And I think the Bengals will go out in front, but I think they might get a little too hyped and a little too, you know, cocky. And I think the Rams are going to be able to come in and win this because I feel like they have more experience. And Sean McVay, after his last trip to the Super Bowl, has a lot to prove. Yeah, so, so you're predicting the Rams? Predicting the Rams, yes. Yeah. Rams are the winners. I, I have been stewing on this, uh, and it's so difficult. 
I'm going to pick the upset. I'm going to pick the Bengals because I've been burnt by them all season. Every time I've doubted them, they've been able to come up. And I think, you know, one of the big big stresses is obviously the pressure that Joe Burrow is going to be um, under the entire game. So for me, something to keep an eye on is Joe Mix in the running game. If they can get the running game going, that will take a significant amount of pressure off Joe and will enable him to kind of pick apart the defense. So for me, if Joe Mixon can run the football, I think that will be so crucial and it will just be enough because, look, matching the two quarterbacks, I'm going to go Joe Burrow. So for me, um, I'm going to go the Bengals, but strap in. This is going to be some Super Bowl. And look, at the end of the day, it's going to be close because that has been the theme of this football season. All right, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and Alex, obviously this is going to be a quick one, but uh, we couldn't help it. As we were going through all of these different players, we wanted to pick out two that we wanted to spend a little bit more time on, but ultimately just give them a bit of a pat on the back because they've had incredible seasons, and that is the two wide receivers uh, in this contest, and that is Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. Let's start with Cooper uh, because this is a guy who no one feels comfortable saying is the best wide receiver in the game right now. Um, There's a little bit of history to that, him being a a, a bit of a traditional slot receiver, also being white Caucasian, which is kind of throwing a bit of a spanner in the works for a lot of people watching him play. But Alex, what's your thoughts on Cooper? Is he there yet? Is he number one in the game? Because historically he's broken every record that's, uh, that that's existed. I mean, he got the triple crown. Right. This past season, you know, his stats are just absolutely exceptional. 145 receptions, almost 2000 receiving yards. Almost. He had 1947, but Hey, close. Who knows how many yards he'll get in the Super Bowl to bring into 2000. So maybe, Um, you know, he averaged 13.4 yards per reception, right? That's a first down every time. If that's your average, you're getting a first down and then some, I mean, and 16 touchdowns. I think he's just their go-to guy at LA. He's consistently good. But also when you're watching LA, you're going, or when you watch them play and you watch other teams play against them, you're going, I'm sorry, how do you leave Cooper Cup wide open? Like it, it baffles me that some teams don't realize that he is not a person that you want to leave open at all. Because if you do, he will make you pay. Yeah, he is. Uh, he, he's unbelievable, and he hasn't come from nowhere. This is this has sort of been building over the last few seasons, but he has absolutely exploded this year with Matt Stafford. All right, Alex, no sitting on the fence when it comes to the match. His competitor tonight is Jamar Chase. Again, uh, just give us a little bit of information on Jamar because he's something. You know, obviously at a different stage of his career, only just starting out, but it's been a little while since we've seen a rookie. Uh, explode like uh, like Jamar has. So talk to us a little bit about Jamar and uh, yeah, give us your selection here. Yeah, that LSU relationship, I mean, has got to be why Jamar Chase has had the season that he had. 81 receptions, 1,455 yards, averaging 18. So again, first down and then some, and then 13 touchdowns. So again, he is another player where you just do not want to leave open on the field because he will make you pay. I think he's a great red zone player, but I think he's also a great player for Joe Burrows because when Joe Burrows is in trouble, he's looking for Jamar Chase. He is always looking to throw that ball to Jamar Chase, and I think that's that LSU relationship where Jamar Chase just understands Joe Burrows. Joe Burrows understands Jamar Chase, and Jamar's like, look, i got to get myself quarterback friendly. My boy's in trouble, and we've got to make the play. So, 
Yeah, he's uh, he, he's very, very special. And, and, I mean, we shouldn't be seeing this sort of production for two, three, four, five years. And uh, he's just decided to, to, you know, just just walk out of uh, of college and just dominate from the very start, which is very special. Um, all right, Alex, got to pick one here. Cooper Jamar, where are you going? I'm on Cooper Cup just because I just feel like he's more consistent. I think when you want someone who's going to get you first downs and we saw it in overtime in one of the games for the Rams where Stafford just hit him line drive in the middle and he just caught that ball to get him in field goal position. So I think when the game's on the line, I'm going to Cooper Cup over Jamar Chase. Yeah, look, I'm going Cooper as well because he's just not getting the love that he deserves. Absolutely Cooper Cup, number one wide receiver in the game right now. However, Jamar Chase, give him maybe even one more season and I think he's going to catch him. But uh, yeah, Cooper for me. All right, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, Alex, we've been bold with our Super Bowl predictions. You've gone the Rams. I've gone out on a limb and uh, and predicted the Bengals. But again, we both think it's going to be a tight contest. But the question I've got for you in Rapid Fire is... Who is your Super Bowl MVP? This is a tough one because in the Rams, you could go either way, right? So I think, but for me, I think if you're going to look who's going to get the game-winning play or who's going to get you in game-winning position, whether it's for a field goal or for a touchdown, again, like we've been saying all podcast, Cooper Cup is going to be your guy to go to. And I think he is just going to, I mean, I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to contain him. So I think if he's getting over 100 yards, he's going to be the guy to go to for Stafford. So I'm going Cooper Cup as MVP. And it's you're right. It's hard to see who the answer is in defense. Who's going to be able to match up against him? It's it's a complete mismatch. He's going to have to be doubled. And uh, yeah, let's let, let's see if that's enough. Um, look for me, going to be bold with the Bengals. Going to go with Joe Burrow. Obviously, if the Bengals win, Joe Burrow will be Super Bowl MVP. However, just a little bit of. Difference there. I don't think this is going to be a three, four, five touchdown uh, performance from Joe Burrow. You know, this is the biggest stage in the Super Bowl. And again, I bring it back to the importance of the running game. I think Joe Mixon, he's going to be a big part of this. The Bengals are going to want to sort of, they're going to want to eat down the clock. They're going to want to take, keep the ball away from the Rams. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a little bit of a strategy from Zach Taylor. So I think it's going to be a different type of Joe Burrow. Um, but, you know, one thing that I would like to see Joe bring out more in this game because there's nothing else to lose. This is everything on the line is his running game. Joe is so disrespected and underrated when it comes to his ability in the pocket and his ability to come out. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he has got some serious wheels. He's got some serious skill and he is going to be under so much pressure. So yeah, I I think Joe Burrow is going to be Super Bowl MVP, but it's going to be a bit of a messy performance, but um, yeah, Bengals, I think will get the job done. All right, guys, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Alex, uh, thank you for uh, bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL and the Super Bowl. And to our listeners, that's right. uh, We wish you all the very, very best. We hope you are preparing for your Super Bowl party. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the event. And we just want to thank you for all of the support that you've given us here at the NFL Show at Mojo Sports. We love bringing you weekly weekly content. Uh, Please continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next week, we'll see you then.
You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.